0: In the days of the former Soviet Union, Christianity was banned. There were severe restrictions. Christians met together in huddled small groups, hoping authorities would not find their meeting place and find them. The story is told of two soldiers who burst into a Christian gathering in a home, cursing and swearing and pointing their guns, pointing their rifles at everybody there, They shouted out as they cursed and swore if you're not a genuine Christian get out now after several people left the door was closed the soldiers lowered their weapons and said this one speaking for the two of them so you're the genuine Christians we're here to learn about Jesus Christ what do we need to know I was impacted by that story it has a lot of ramifications as you think through what is a genuine Christian what are genuine believers I want to be the real deal how about you it was a significant story that has had a lasting impact on my thinking and I'm sure as you hear that it impacts you as well here at King's Church in our bulletin we have these words regarding our worship the Reformation was a back to the Bible movement here at King's Church we stand in the tradition of Reformation faith and practice believing that true worship is biblically informed unashamedly Trinitarian centered on the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ and saturated in gospel truth with scripture alone as our sure foundation we affirm that justification is by grace alone through faith alone in christ alone to the glory of god alone i recently had a wonderful conversation with a brother in christ and he related the fact that he came from a very different spectrum of the church than i did He was raised in a place where creeds were recited, but it was all rote, it meant nothing to him and he could see it meant very little, supposedly anyway, to the people around him who were reciting those creeds and he was saying that there is a real danger of reciting creeds and confessions of the church and it become just this rote thing we do. And I acknowledged in hearing him, yeah, that's, that's very true. We don't want that. We don't want just rote. Uh, you've, I'm sure, seen people that recite the Lord's Prayer that way, and they just want to get through it. It's, our Father which art in heaven, how be that," And it just is meaningless to them, but they want to do this religious ceremony thing, and so they do it every day. I don't want that. I come from the other extreme in the sense of extreme, charismatic, anything seemingly goes and you don't know what's going to happen in the service. Uh, That was, as I understood it, to be led by the Holy Spirit in the service. I, I thank God that's not how I understand things now, and biblically there's so much to say against that. And both of those are two extremes. Meeting in the middle, I believe, is the understanding of we can structure a service biblically, doing the things God commands us to do, which is called uh, by theologians the regulative principle of worship. We do what God commands us to do when we meet together, what does he say we should do? One of the things he tells us is we should give ourselves to the public reading of Scripture. There should be Scripture in every service. Now, that can be read in a rote way, or it can be read in a meaningful, rich way. That's to do with our hearts. But that doesn't mean that because it can be done in a rote way, we don't do it. Now we should do it. God commands us to do it, but we should do it with a rich, meaningful, uh, filled up heart. At King's Church, again to quote the bulletin, we see worship as an act of offering sacrifice and praise to God. Our priority being to worship Him according to how He commands, not according to what may be popular in a particular culture in a particular time. Quoting a verse from the book of Exodus, Jesus said, Have you not read what was spoken to you by God? You'll find that in Matthew 22, verses 31 and 32. In these words, his view of the Scriptures was made clear. Whenever the Bible is read or heard, God is speaking directly to us. In light of this, central to our worship is the reading and proclamation of the Word of God by way of verse by verse exposition because god is addressing us in every bible-based sermon we hear how we listen and respond is all part of how we worship god today an addition now to the bulletin are these words worship on the lord's day a holy dialogue Worship in the Bible was a dialogue between God and His covenant people and we believe this pattern should be implemented in churches today. Our service begins with God addressing His gathered people in His solemn call to worship. Hearing His call, we respond with joy and praise. God reveals His holy law. And we recognize our guilt and confess our sins. As we turn from sin and trust the finished and perfect work of the perfect Savior alone, He assures us of His full pardon. God pronounces His Word, and we believe and renew our commitment to Him. He serves His people a family, covenant meal at His table, and we believe His gospel promise and feast on Him. We then respond with thanksgiving and praise. Our worship ends with God addressing His children with words of benediction this dialogue between god and his assembled covenant people is the rhythm of worship in scripture and it shapes the structure of our liturgy every lord's day let me just stop for a moment Uh, liturgy is an order of service it has a rich meaning in scripture it's actually a biblical word And everyone has a liturgy. Sometimes you only find out the liturgy after the service because you think about what happened. And there were seven songs and someone said something and someone gave a testament and there was another song and then there was some kind of sermon. And that itself is a liturgy. What we're talking about is thinking about the order of service so that the things that God says should be in the service take place. And I believe that's very, very holy. I believe it's right to do that, so that God's law and His gospel is proclaimed in every service. That was true in the Reformation. You couldn't go to a Reformation church without hearing God's law and God's gospel. Praise the Lord for that. How many services I've been in where the gospel's never been presented? I've been in services where thousands of people are present. And although Jesus is honored, the gospel wasn't proclaimed. Oh, free us from that, please. <laughs> I walked out of services like that just shaking my head, thinking, oh, if only the gospel was proclaimed. Yes, Jesus is king, but how do we know him? And how do we get right with him? Please tell us the Gospel. Never, Christian, never get bored with the Gospel. Never. Praise the Lord. So, again in the bulletin, this dialogue uh, is, is seen in our Lord's Day liturgy. We gather with God's people each to exult in God's truth, thrill over His mercies and graces, and worship His magnificence out loud, visibly, publicly, together. As we do, our desire is to read the Word, preach the Word, pray the Word, sing the Word, and see the Word in the ordinances of water baptism and the Lord's Supper. Now, I want to say this. This could all be wrote, um, but it doesn't have to be. Think about this. If the Lord's Day service you attend was the last Ever service on earth, the next service you attend is in heaven. You join the heavenly choir. You see with your eyes the uh, that which is outlined in Hebrews 12. We've not come to Mount Sin, uh, Zion, but uh, excuse me, Sinai, but to Mount Zion where there's an innumerable company of angels in festal array one translation reads your your eyes will marvel at the sight you see the lord jesus and yet the service you attend on earth perhaps that was the last one how would that affect you i think as i would answer that i would want every element of that service to be meaningful If I'm reciting a creed, I need to realize this is not something that was made up a few years ago by some elder in a garage, (laughs) or two elders in a garage, no, this is meaningful because it's historic, and it's historic in that it's been a historical understanding of what the Bible teaches scripture is the standard not the creed but if the creed outlines what the bible teaches it's it can be rich in meaning for many people as they recited say the apostles creed it was the last thing they would quote the last words of their mouth the last words of their life as they then were marched into town the center of town and burnt at the stake for their faith. The last words on their lips, I believe. And they outlined what they believe. We believe. It can be rich. I remember hearing Jonathan Gibson, who has uh, written much on this subject, and he had to bury his very, very young child should not be the case that you have to go through that as a parent but as his little little child was lowered into the ground one of the creeds was recited and he and his wife recited I believe in the resurrection of the dead think about that how meaningful are those words in that context yeah these things can be said with a roteness but they can said be said with rich meaning in our order of service it starts with the call to worship god calls us then we respond with a prayer of invocation then we respond with a song perhaps a second song we affirm our faith together we're gathering we're saying we believe this is what is dear to us hopefully in the western world we're not fearing soldiers marching in with their guns we don't need to have that experience to believe the things we say let's say the creeds of the ancient church because they're biblical and let's say them with meaning one of the things that is uh why i'm making this recording is we're, we're making an addition to our service it's a small but significant addition to our worship service and that is as i've uh, studied and read and learned more uh, we're, we're refining things and we're understanding that when thought is made regarding the service and it's i believe a, a holy thing to think through the the liturgy, the, the order of worship. It was always true in the Re- Reformation churches that no matter what church you attended, the law of God would be proclaimed and the gospel of God would be proclaimed. And one of the things I've found is there was a reading of the law and a corporate confession of sin. In other words, the congregation were involved in the singing. That was not always the case. There were many churches where the priest did it all. And he did it all in a language not understood by the people. He did it in Latin. And the people were speaking German or French or Italian and it was done in Latin. And it was a spectator event. They watched rather than worshiped. And so the more we can incorporate the 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 community the corporate gathering to be involved i think the better the congregation sings again i believe rather than watching people sing the congregation should be singing that each song should be about our god our trinitarian god father son and holy spirit about the lord jesus about the redemption he has procured procured for us we sing the songs of the redeemed. We sing. And in the reading of the law, we're exposed to the fact that we haven't kept the law and we are in need of a Savior. And we confess our sins. That's a very biblical thing to do. Again, this can be wrote. But let not that be true of us. Let not that be true of you. So in our service as The reading of the law the the first commandment comes to us i am the lord your god who brought you out of the land of egypt out of the house of slavery you shall have no other gods before me that's exodus 20 verses 2 and 3. we as the congregation confess something like this god of truth and mercy we admit our rebellion against the first commandment of the law you shall have no other gods before me forgive us for dividing our supreme loyalties among other gods and worshipping the idol of self forgive us for willfully being mastered by the desires for other things before even considering your revealed will to us in Scripture have mercy on us O God we have found our deepest treasure in the comforts of this world rather than you our faith has often been misplaced In the name of the Lord Jesus please forgive our trespasses and renovate our souls for the sake of your name and your glory amen now we say that we affirm that as a congregation we confess our sin as a a congregation and then in our service we'll have the assurance of pardon as the minister stands the elder stands and says if you've turned from your sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ, then I declare to you by the authority of God's Word that your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And again, Scripture is quoted. Isaiah 43, 25 says this, I am He who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and i will not remember your sins now all of this could be wrote but it could be very very meaningful if we believe so i want to hear the congregation me included as the minister stands and we confess our sins to be saying it with more than just a little gentle voice but we proclaim it this is true and this is true for me We confess our sins and hear the words of pardon, the assurance of pardon. Your sins are forgiven. So I wanted to explain that to us. The service is thought out and it's being refined and more thought out. God calls us, we respond. That's the holy dialogue we see in Scripture. God speaks to us, we confess our sin, God cleanses us. God speaks to us again as Scripture is read, we stand if we're able to stand, we stand because we honor God's Word. And then we respond with a pastoral prayer. We respond with a song. And then God speaks to us again in the sermon. And we respond in worship. We bring our offerings, our tithes and offerings to God. God nourishes us with the family meal of the celebration of the Lord's Supper. We respond in song. And then God sends us out in benediction good word and we gather to worship and scatter to witness I hope in this uh, brief uh, time together your heart is enlarged and inflamed because the Lord is worthy of our sincere worship he desires he seeks those who worship him in spirit and in truth nothing wrote about it in spirit and in truth reality let's pray together father thank you for our brief time together we ask lord you will be glorified in our service this lord's day and every lord's day as we do what we do let it not be the fact that we honor you with our lips but our hearts are far from you god forbid be glorified we pray in jesus name amen